how long do I plan to host this podcast? Also, if you are a Christian and your child is gay, do you attend their wedding? Uh, What is my favorite kind of music? What do I think about kissing before marriage? We will be answering all these questions and more on today's episode of Relatable. Uh, It's brought to you by your friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day and week. All right, we're gonna answer some of the questions that you guys sent me in today's Q&A episode. They're pretty fun questions. Gosh, sometimes you send me really deep questions and I'm like, okay, I would that would take the entire episode and I really appreciate them and they require a lot of uh, a lot of research and stuff too. Today, they're more on the fun side, but we'll try to sprinkle in some more um, serious ones too. They're all important. They're always important questions, I think. Y'all send really good questions. Um, here's a here's a here's an interesting one. How long do you plan to be a podcaster? Well, I can't say that I have like a five-year plan of what exactly things will look like. The media landscape changes so quickly. Five years ago, let's see, five years ago was 2018, which is very hard for me to believe in my mind. I think I I think I would still say like two years ago was 2018. Past five years have just been so crazy, probably for everyone, but especially for us with kids, jobs and all that stuff. Um, five years ago, though, I think most people in conservative media, maybe a little longer ago than that, maybe 2016, most people in conservative media, I think, thought that the pinnacle of your career had to be Fox News, that there was really nowhere else for you to go. And really, places like Blaze TV and Daily Wire then, or I guess it was The Blaze then, they were kind of seen as stepping stones. And you could go there for a little bit at this smaller network, and you could kind of build up a name and, you know, gain some kind of some kind of audience, and then you would make your way to Fox News. And the very pinnacle of that would be hosting your own primetime show. But that really quickly shifted in Trump's presidency. As Blaze TV got bigger, as Daily Wire got bigger, other entities got bigger, independent voices got bigger, people realized you really do not need Fox News or any kind of corporate Uh, corporate media in order to make money, in order to have an audience, in order to be a conservative commentator or have conservative influence in the media. Uh, There are so many different avenues that you can go down. You really can forge your own path. I'm very thankful I started when I did. I started when Facebook was a little bit still like the wild, wild west. 2015, you could still post something. And if people liked it, it would just go viral, even if it went against the mainstream narrative. That's what happened to me. And I don't think it's like that anymore. I don't think people can get started just like from absolutely nothing, making a Facebook page, and then from that, creating a sustainable career. And thank the Lord, that's what happened to me. It wasn't just Facebook. I was also writing on my own. I mean, I had a blog, but I was also going out there and speaking to places for free, literally just asking them, hey, can I come speak at your sorority meeting? Can I come speak at your Young Republicans Club? As, you know, completely a nobody, but just putting myself in situations where I could have an audience and talk about things and hone my craft. And that ended up leading to what I do. I've talked about my story, so I won't get into all of those details. Um, I don't know what episode, but you could probably go back and find it. I have laid out all the details of how I came to do what I do today. Um, And so I I definitely had the idea that, oh my gosh, I know it would be so difficult, but one day if I could just be 
you know, if I could just have a primetime show on Fox News, oh my gosh, maybe when I'm like 45 or 50, I can be finally like Megyn Kelly. I always loved Megyn Kelly. I still love Megyn Kelly. And so it was so cool when I started being a guest on Fox News. I still remember when I got the email from Fox and Friends asking me if I could be a guest and it was just amazing and all this stuff. But then I realized over time, wow, I have more flexibility and more freedom and have probably like a bigger audience of people my age you know, making videos on social media at the time and blogging and speaking that I would if I went to Fox News and maybe maybe even making more money too, depending on, you know, if I had went, if I had gone to Fox News at that time, it would have been like very entry level kind of thing. And so, or at least more opportunity to make more money. Um, and so, yeah, so it's shifted so much that I would never, and I honestly don't know any conservative commentator or um, podcast host that would, I would never want to move to New York and work for Fox News. Like that would literally give me no benefit. It would give me zero benefit to move somewhere like Fox News and host my own show. Doing what I do now is 10 times better for someone like me, maybe not for everyone, but for someone like me than to be on Fox News. I get to talk about so many things, how Ever I want to. I'm never restrained at all. I'm not part of some corporate entity that is pushing all the pride stuff like Fox News is. And it has so much more flexibility for me and my family. And every conservative podcaster I know feels the same way. And there's endless opportunity uh, too within this realm. I say all that to say that as much as it's changed over the past five years, it's probably going to change a lot over the next five years too. So I know this is kind of a long-winded answer. I only have a few questions that I'm going to answer today, but I don't know what the media landscape will look like in five years. I'm very thankful, very thankful to the Lord that I, not everyone, by the way, who started on social media was able to evolve and change to actually grow like a sustainable platform, like write a book and continue to speak and to have a podcast. Some people, they just thrived on social media and making the two-minute rants and they just weren't able to, move with the changing media landscape. And so you never know when that's going to happen to you. And I never know like what God is, you know, is going to call us to. Our lives could look very different um, in two years. I will say I love doing what I do. I'm very passionate about doing what I do. I feel called to do what I do. And so for any of you who are like, oh, don't leave us hanging. Um, I don't plan to do that. I plan to do this for as long as God calls me to. And I'm always doing what you guys are doing, which is doing the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. So who knows? But there will there will absolutely be different things that I'm a part of, different things that I create over time. I think that's a lot that's a direction that a lot of people in media are going toward. Um is that we want to create things, not just like host daily shows, which is important, but we really want to create like substantive things that are moving the needle. And so uh, we'll see what that looks like for me. We'll see. Uh, but I'm glad that you guys are here. I'm glad to be doing what I'm doing. And I, tr I truly love Relatable. What it has grown to be is just like a testament to God's faithfulness and also to y'all's loyalty. So thank you for that. 
All right, guys, let me tell you about Carly Jean Los Angeles, one of my favorite sponsors because they're an incredible company. And I use their products every day because I genuinely love their clothes. I've told you before, like I'm a simple gal. I'm someone who likes a lot of neutral colors, not a whole lot of bright colors. I like to be able to mix and match simple, basic pieces. And I like to minimize the stress in my life, which is why Carly Jean Los Angeles being an amazing capsule clothing company is so perfect for me and how I like to live and dress. So you can get some statement pieces or some capsule simple pieces that you can mix and match, say it's six pieces, and then you feel like you've still got like a really cute, different outfit every day while also not taking up a bunch of space in your closet while saving money, being as minimal as possible. And their clothes, not only are they high quality, they really fit you in every stage of life. I'm wearing a dress right now that's not a maternity dress, and yet I can wear it uh, even almost nine months pregnant. That's just how they are. You can wear their clothes and feel really good at uh, good in them in every stage that you're in. So go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AllieB for 20% off at checkout. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, code AllieB. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Com, code Allie B. Okay, favorite character from The Office? It's got to be Michael. It's got to be Michael. Although I am one of the rare people, at least who I talked to, that actually liked it after Michael left. Like, I still thought it was really funny. Robert California, such an uncomfortable character, but funny. I still love those episodes, those seasons after like Andy becomes the boss and stuff. Like, I'm totally fine with it. But yeah, Michael is my favorite in that he probably made me laugh the most. But also Jim, just like Jim's subtlety and his humor, one of my favorites. Um, probably my least favorite is Karen. I'm sorry, but I don't really, I don't really like that actress that much in anything, like including in Parks and Rec. It's just, I don't know if it's just the characters that she plays or what it is. Not trying to be rude, but yeah, you didn't even ask for my least favorite. I just volunteered that information. Um, thoughts on kissing before marriage. Okay, so the Bible isn't clear about can you hold hands? Can you um, sit right next to each other? Can you watch a movie together at night? Can you kiss? If you can kiss, can you open your mouth? Can you make out? Like, can you interlace your fingers when you're holding hands? Can you only do pancake? Like, there are a lot of questions that we could be asking um, that the Bible doesn't specifically address. The Bible does specifically address sexual purity and having a heart that is following after Christ, pursuing holiness as God is holy, of course, through spirit-powered sanctification and um, ensuring that sex and the sexual act is exclusive to um, marriage between a man and a woman. We see that reiterated throughout scripture. And that's for our protection. Um, it's also for the glory of God because a man and a woman being together in marriage is a reflection of Christ in the church. And the sexual act is a holy bond that um, it ties souls together. And so it's a beautiful gift that God gave human beings, not just for the sake of pleasure, but also for the sake of procreation. Um, and so because that's so sacred and because God specifically ordains it for the boundary that is set by the institution 
of marriage. I think that understanding what sex is, understanding what marriage is, understanding that the body is supposed to be a temple for the Holy Spirit, understanding that we are supposed to be a vessel of God's glory, understanding our purpose to pursue sanctification and holiness by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of that is where we should start when we are talking about what should boundaries be in dating. It's the same thing with modesty. We don't read in the Bible that, okay, our skirt can only be this many inches above our knee or our neckline can only go this low or we can wear spaghetti straps or tank tops that are, you know, this many inches in width. We don't read those specific stipulations. But when we go back to the core of, well, okay, who is God? What does he call us to? Who am I as an image bearer and as a Christian? We can understand what the Bible means by modesty. We can understand what the Bible means um, by sexual purity, that it might not be these little minute rules, but from a heart and from a place that wants to honor God as much as possible, not just try to find a way to maybe not technically sin, we order our boundaries and we order our lives, we order our actions, we order our appearance accordingly. And so I think that what that probably means is because sex, so in this context, because sex is reserved for marriage, Anything that provokes our heart, provokes our bodies, provokes our minds towards lust, uh, towards um, engaging in an act that is not meant for two dating people, that is not meant for two single people, um, that our boundaries should keep us as far from that lust as we can. That doesn't mean that we can't desire to be with that person. Of course, that's normal. Of course, sexual feelings are normal. Sexual attraction is normal. God gave us these things. But just as every desire is, it's supposed to be put into the proper context. And so just as Song of Solomon says, like we don't want to stir our affections before, or we don't want to awaken love before it so desires. We don't want to stir certain affections when they cannot be satisfied in a godly context. And so that's going to mean possibly, and there are obviously uh, boundaries to what I'm about to say, but it could be different for different people. Um, Again, in some ways. And the same thing with modesty. Like there are going to be some hard and fast rules that Christians say, no, we're not gonna wear that. That is too far. That's obvious. But then in other ways, there are some nuances. I think the same is true when it comes to what you can engage in before marriage. I will say like probably laying down and making out on the couch when you're dating or even engaged is not going to help you in your path to purity. It's just probably not. It's naturally awakening a desire that God gave you that again, cannot be satisfied in a God glorifying way. Really the most important thing here is that we remember that reading the Bible, following God is not just about what can we get away with and technically still be a Christian? What can we get away with and not feel super, super guilty about it? Like, and I'm, you know, preaching to the choir. This is true in all areas, by the way. And we all have to make sure that we are doing this, um, that we are doing everything that we possibly can to glorify God in everything that we think, say, and do. So it's not what can I get away with, but how can I glorify God to the utmost in what I wear and how I act, certainly in the realm of sexual purity, because we do read that sexual sin is different than other sins. It's not the same as other sins because you are sinning against your own body, which was bought with a price. So people like to say, oh, well, all sin is sin. 
in a sense that, yeah, it separates us all from God. It makes us all guilty. Certainly, we all need to be bought by Christ, but sexual sin is distinct in that you are sinning against your own body, which God says, if you are a Christian, is a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So it's a really big deal. There is heart involvement, soul involvement, mental, emotional involvement in any kind of physical act with someone that you love or like or attracted to. And that is why God gives us the boundaries that he does. So really, as far away as you can stay from that sexual act while you are not married, um, probably probably the better, I would say. I don't think that means like a blanket prohibition on all kissing. I don't think that means a blanket prohibition on all cuddling, on all hand-holding, on all touching. Um, I would probably say that you probably shouldn't spend a whole lot of time alone together in the dark. Just seems kind of common sense if you are trying to honor God in your sexual relationship and stay within the boundaries that he has lovingly placed for us. Um, there's a whole lot more that we can talk about on that, but those are my initial thoughts. Okay, guys, this parallel economy that conservatives and especially conservative Christians are really building, it is booming. Like a lot of us have decided we just don't want to spend so much of our money uh, at these companies that are actively working against the values that we hold, gender ideology, abortion, things like that. We want to support businesses that are fighting for the things that we are fighting for. That's why Public Square exists. They are offering alternatives to all of these progressive companies. They are showing you diaper companies, baby care companies, clothing companies, makeup companies that actually align with our values. If you download the Public Square app, you'll get a list of businesses. And if you put in your location, local businesses that align with your values. You can also list your business. If you are a business owner, I love Public Square and this option that they offer for people so that we can really see how we can align our money with our values. So go to publicsq.com or you can download the Public SQ app. It's pronounced Public Square, but it's spelled Public SQ. Um, so you can go to your app store and just download that. It's publicsq.com or download the Public Square app, publicsq.com. Okay, favorite type of music. Favorite type of music. Gosh, I used to pride myself on being someone who like found cool music when I was in high school. I used to love to burn CDs. And on Apple Music, they you could like print a cover for the burnt CD that would create like a out of all the album art would create like a a collage of album art that I thought was so cool. I would do that for any boyfriend that I had. Even up to my like my husband when we were dating. <laughs> this is like my move. I would like make I would burn a CD and then like print out. It had to be colored ink too. It print out the collage of album art and like put it within the like plastic CD case. Um and so I used to like really pride myself on making those CDs and finding cool music that people hadn't heard before. But I don't know, after high school, really, and then after college, well, I guess I met my husband after college. I don't know. Sometime after that, I stopped caring about that kind of thing. I don't even know what my favorite music is. I love 80s and 90s music. I do love 80s and 90s music. I can tolerate some country. I grew up listening to mostly country and Christian music. And as far as Christian music goes, 
There's only like a few that I like really consistently like. I really like Shane and Shane. I would say that's probably my go-to when it comes to Christian music. And again, I like some country music. Like I like the like Zach Bryan, like Morgan Wallen type country music that we're getting now better than what we were getting a few years ago. I won't name names, but we had some real cringe country music coming down the pap line a couple of years ago, a few years ago now. Didn't like it. Um... I'm not really in surprise. I know this is going to shock y'all. I'm not really into rap. I know you're, I know you're taking it back. You had to pause this podcast and say, I don't, I don't even know if I know this woman anymore. Um, uh, let's see. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Just anything with like a good solid beat. I like, I like that, but it's also got to have like good music. That's why I can't include rap in that. And I can't stand stupid lyrics. Cannot, cannot, cannot. Um, how do I like my eggs? How do I like to eat my eggs? Um, let's see. Probably mostly, well, no, fried. Definitely fried. I was going to say scrambled, but no, it's fried. And I don't know if that's mostly a Southern thing. I feel like if I tried to eat fried eggs in the Midwest, I'd be scared. You have to do um, bacon first. You have to cook your bacon. And then you have to fry the eggs in the baking grease and you, you obviously the pan is already hot. And so you cook it until it's, you know, the white part has kind of congealed the egg white. And then you take it off the heat after that. And then you flip it over, but only for like a few seconds. You don't want the white part to be gooey, but you do want the yolk to be liquid. That's a good, and I love, I love fried eggs, like on most things. Like I could eat it on salad. I could eat it on hamburgers. Yeah, fried eggs, but only in baking grease. Like don't try to do it in olive oil or something healthy like that. Um, if you could have dinner with three people living or dead, who would they be? Uh, one of them is definitely C.S. Lewis. Oh, other ones, I honestly don't. No, I'm like, whose mind could I change? Probably someone who professes to be a Christian and is like super, is like on the left. I'd probably just like want to change their mind. Um, maybe I could try to reason with someone who has like a lot of power, like George Soros's son or something like that. Um, oh, I would love to, which maybe, maybe she would, maybe she'll see this and she'll say, maybe she will go to dinner with me. I would love to go to dinner with Megan Kelly. <laughs> I love her. I love being on her show. She was on my show once and I want to be her friend. Um, let's see, probably, I mean, I could say, I could say Jesus. That would definitely be interesting. I would have a lot of questions for him, but I mean, I've got all eternity for that. So I don't know if I would, I don't, and I guess with C.S. Lewis too, so I don't know. See, so as I used to say Ronald Reagan, but I'm not sure if that's true anymore. I don't know. Maybe Corey Ten Boom. That would be really interesting. Maybe one of the founding fathers. I always think about like, how would I explain something? How would I explain like the iPhone to the founding fathers? Like, how would I explain um, the picture of the White House with the transgender flag hanging from it? Like, how would I, how would I, John Adams, like, how would I explain this? There would be so many things that I would have to explain leading up to their understanding of our modern technology and culture. I'd like to challenge myself <laughs> to think about 
how much I understand that I could explain it to them in a way that the other day, well, the other day as I'm recording this, when I was talking to one of my guests about the synthetic human, quote unquote, embryos that are being created in a lab that could apparently maybe one day grow into human-like creatures, um, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? This Someone explaining this to me is like me trying to explain an iPhone to a founding father. I feel like there are a lot of steps before this that I really need to understand. And I don't, like my mind can't grasp like a non-human embryo being implanted into a woman and then growing into something that looks like a human, that looks like an image bearer of God, but doesn't actually have human DNA. And so, so I feel like things just, technology goes so fast that I, those of us who try to understand technology can't even understand where it's going. Um, anyway, I don't even remember what the question was. Uh, okay, next, oh, the dinner with three people. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. Elizabeth Elliot, that's another one. It'd be really interesting to try to explain things to these people, but really I would want them to explain concepts to me. All right, guys, another sponsor for the day is Crowd Health. Crowd Health is the better and the simpler way to cover your healthcare expenses. It's different than health insurance, and it's a lot simpler than health insurance. I don't have to tell you how complicated and what a hassle health insurance can be. Crowd Health gives you the tools to negotiate and crowdfund your medical bills. You pay a $50 membership fee to get access to services like telemedicine, build negotiation. Then you join the crowd, which is a group of people just like you that are contributing the $50 membership fee every month that wants to help uh, their fellow members cover their unexpected healthcare expenses. You don't have to worry about doctor's networks and all of the uh, red tape and all of the obstacles that you have to go through with the rising deductibles and with the claims denials and with the premiums that are increasing with regular health insurance. They really do make things as efficient as possible with Crowd Health. So opt out of restrictive health insurance plans. Let Crowd Health help fit your healthcare needs. Get started today for just $50 a month. Use code Allie to get the healthcare you deserve. Crowd Health is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com. Com code Alley. Controversial question. Be a controversial answer. My child is gay. Someone says, "Do I go to his wedding?" Um. Of course, if you're a Christian, I'm going to say you should not, because you would be celebrating what God calls sin. And I totally, completely understand the desire to celebrate and to love and to affirm your child and the possibility of severing a relationship with your child, severing a relationship should they somehow try to create a child that they raise themselves, um, severing that potential relationship. Like that is really, really difficult. That is a tough decision to make. I think a lot of people will tell you, just do it. You're not celebrating the sin. You're celebrating that person. You're making them feel loved, but you can't You can't separate that. You can't separate that. You're not celebrating them as a person. You are celebrating a union that God does not call marriage, that God would not call a wedding, that God actually calls sin. And because God is more loving than us, he's more compassionate than us. He actually loves your child more than you do. He cares about his soul and his heart more than you do. I don't think in love we can celebrate this 
something that God calls bad, that God calls wrong. Their union is not an Ephesians 5 reflection of Christ in the church. Therefore, it's not representative of the gospel. It's not what we see um, in the very beginning when God created the male and female. It is a complete rejection of that. And so I think celebrating that which God calls sin is a sin in itself. And it is going to hurt his feelings. Absolutely. And that is, no one wants to do that. No, I understand. No one wants to do that. But Jesus does say, like, if you're not willing to hate in, you know, a certain sense, your father and mother, your sister, brother, your son or daughter, then you are not worthy to follow me. Taking up our cross, following Christ, even when it is extremely difficult, even when it severs relationships, even though that's never the desire or the goal, um, that is a really difficult part of the Christian life. I think that you can pursue that relationship in a lot of different ways. You can try to explain um, to your child what went into this decision and, and why you won't be there, but ultimately your fidelity is to God and his word. And I know people will say, oh, that, that's unloving. We're called to love people. Well, we don't get to define love. Love is not affirming someone's feelings. Love is not affirming someone in their sin. How does 1 Corinthians 13 define love? Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So anytime we see someone say, well, you have to love people. Yeah, of course. We love it how we love people, how God tells us to love people because God is love, 1 John 4, 8. He defines love, 1 Corinthians 13. So we don't really have the authority to define love as anything other than what God says it is. We will never love people by disagreeing with God or celebrating with what God, celebrating what God calls sin. Um, okay, uh, you can only listen to one musical artist for the rest of your life. Who would it be? Um, Hilary Duff obviously. Just kidding. Um, one musical artist, I mean, probably, I know I already said this, probably Shane and Shane. I really love their voices. I love their harmony. Uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of good artists out there. I don't know. That's like the one that comes to mind right now. But honestly, as much as I don't agree with Bethel theology, their voices are very powerful. Um, and very listenable to me. Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. One artist for the rest of my life. I would need to, I need to like look at my Spotify and who do I, who do I even listen to? Um, I can tell you who it's not. It's not Fergie. <laughs> it's not Miley Cyrus. That is for sure. It's definitely not Britney Spears, who I think used to have a good voice and something happened. Um, I'm sorry, Brie, but it wouldn't be Taylor Swift. Would it be yours? Is that for the rest of your life? Yeah. Brie says yes. It's not that I don't like her don't like her voice or don't like her music. I just, I'm not sure that I could listen to that for the rest of my life. The theology reflected in her songs really makes me sad. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe like 70s or 80s or someone like that, um, or someone within that realm. Ooh, I really also like Broadway voices. So it could be like Idina Menzel or someone like that. If I could recruit someone from Broadway to sing a bunch of hymns, for me, I could put that on repeat for a long time, I think. Um, I do have like a hymns for moms playlist on Spotify. 
And there's a lot of, I also like, okay, I really, okay, someone asked me, what's my favorite kind of music? I would say like 70s and 80s, um, semi-country, like Americana type stuff. That's, I do really like that. Like a little, well, this is rock. Leonard, I like some Leonard Skinner. I like some Alabama. I like some like Credence Clearwater Revival. Uh, yeah, I like that kind of stuff, and also like like the kind of stuff that you we would swing dance to when we were in college because I went to college in South Carolina, like the Brown Eyed Girl, that type of stuff. I like that kind of music. Um, all right. I think those are all the questions that I'm going to ask today. What a wide range of things. Um, Okay, thanks so much for listening. We will be back here soon. All right, let me tell you guys about a new podcast being distributed by Focus on the Family. This is a podcast for Christian marriages. It's called Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. It's hosted by Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley. They've reached millions of married couples through their practice, their books, their events, and more. And so they're helping couples communicate better, work through their conflict, build stronger marriages that are glorifying to the Lord. They go through uh, issues like communication, intimacy, money issues, daily stress, all the things that you have questions about, but maybe you've been too scared to answer, you just haven't, or too scared to ask, uh, or you just don't have time to ask, or you don't know who to ask. This is uh, a great resource for you. Go to Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, and check out the podcast, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. That's Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Download now. Hey, Relatabells and Relatabros, if you could please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to Relatable, that would mean so much to us and it really does help the show. Also, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do. Thanks. Thanks.